You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. I mean, you're a New Yorker, David, so we have to get this out of the way to start with. It's been the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Before you left, was there a palpable sense of solemnity, if that's the word, or solemnness, uh, with the anniversary uh, coming up, or is it just uh, just another year when you reflect upon that appalling event? Strangely enough, um, nothing that I could, uh, um, you know, think of. Um, I don't. I don't think it's. You know, I don't think most New Yorkers they just carry on with their lives. Yeah. I don't think they sit in the park and reflect or anything like that. But I mean, it was a reflective occasion, and the media. Um, have all reflected on it where America stands today, you know, 20 years after, have they progressed or not, uh, and different views. Um, you know, still a powerful nation, but I don't think they're the policemen of the world. I don't think they want to be the policemen of the world. I don't think they want to take on uh, the world's war. So it's, it, it's a different nation. I'm not I, – I, I don't think I'm qualified politically to, to really talk about you know, where America is today. But uh, um, I don't think, I think, and, and, and most of the media said this was an opportunity to consolidate the world because everybody was behind America. You know, the, yes. the whole, na- every nation stood behind them, even Putin, and said, you know, we'll do whatever you, you want us to do to catch the culprits and that. And I think it was an opportunity squandered. You know, they... Uh, down the line, just never capitalized on it and, and used it. So, and, and where are we today? You know, are we any better? Just think of the wars that they've messed up. Just think of uh, yeah. from Syria to Iraq to uh, still issues with Iran, giving up Afghanistan. So I don't think, I don't think they're, um, you know, full of glory. I don't think American policy has, um, no, they're not, you know, has, they're, has really progressed. Mm-mm. But there's one thing that I would say, and that is that uh, when you have a look at uh, a, a very, very good documentary produced by the BBC called uh, 9-11 Inside the President's War Room, and it's sort of it's – it's, I don't know how they've found the footage, but it's, it, it's incredible, and they've got uh, George W. Bush commentating throughout this thing. So the BBC really did uh, pull all the stops out for this one. But it makes me realise, and I've said this to you before, that George W. Bush, although he wasn't particularly popular at the time, was a proper leader. He was a real leader. Yeah. You can see the way he behaved during 9-11. And he, he led and he was strong. And again, yeah. after you've watched it, you'll understand what I'm saying. But since then, Obama and Trump and now Biden, Mm-mm. they're weak. They're weak yeah. when it comes to foreign yeah. policy. And if they want to relinquish the role that they have of uh, the world's policemen and the, the, the only true superpower, uh, then they are relinquishing that role and they're allowing mm, China mm. to take over that mm. role in a, in a very different form. So I'm slightly confused yeah. about the American foreign, foreign mm. policy at the moment. I don't know about yeah. you. Mm. No, I, I, I also don't like the way that Biden's playing China. I, you know, I think that it's the wrong way. You've got to learn to live with them and to manage the situation and not carry on where Trump left off. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know the Chinese, you know, maybe there's reason that Biden's acting that way, but I think, um, the world has to trade with China. We can't afford to isolate them or, um, you know, you can't split this up into the East and the West. Um, they are big, you know, they're a massive market 
and even with their uh, conspicuous consumption, or what do you call it, their, uh, you know, in other words, everybody must benefit, I think they're still a powerful consumer. And, of course, that helps the West factories. It helps uh, uh, European factories, whether it's motor cars, machines, consumer goods, whatever it is, food. So I, th- I, th- I think America's got to kind of also reestablish its role and re-understand its role. Um, I, I'm not uh, I'm not mad about American politics at the moment, um, and and the last thing you want is is a Trump to come in again, and take us even further backwards. Biden has tried; he's moving forward. He's trying to reestablish links with his uh, with the allies that were you know that were uh, polarized by by um, by Trump. He's trying to bring them back, but I still think there's a lot of work to be done. Um, yeah, you know, you don't get a feeling of a powerful nation. You know, you don't. You don't. I, you, no, no. I, I must it's, say it's, that, it's divided. Uh, it, it's splintered. Mm, it's divided. Mm, and there's no one who's actually taking it by the scruff of the neck and saying, you no. know, let's unite and, mm. uh, you know, forget about this and forget mm. about that. For, forget about your political allegiances. Let's just mm. get on with it, which is, I think, very dangerous because it allows opportunistic countries to come yeah. in and say, OK, mm. this is where we take over. And yeah. China, of course, being right at the top of the list there. Mm. I don't think anybody's scared of America. You know, I don't. I don't think they shudder when you when when an American walks into a room, you know. Or they don't want to be the American either. No. It's it's a wonderful nation, but I don't, yes. uh, you know. It's and it's vibrant, and there's a lot a lot of things that are happening. Are very creative, in many fields, and um, you know, I think they've got very strong, you know, very good education system, um, very good universities. But you, you, running through Boston, I used to see one or two American flags, you know, hanging outside the homes and that. But but I don't get the feeling that this is a, you know, that there's a great amount of unity. They clashing over the of they clash over many things. Uh, they clashed over Republicans. You know, they you you've got these uh, liberals on the extreme left who could bring down the Democratic Party, even though they're Democrats. Yeah. You know, could weaken it. You've got Trump on the other hand. You've got the vaccin. You've got those who want to be vaccinated, those who don't want to. So I mean, you can go to a dinner party and you can choose your fight. You know, and I believe me, it's going to be a fight. Uh, this is no, there's no campfires burning or uh, kumbaya. You know, it's uh, I don't get the feeling that it's a nation like that, and it was like that in twenty in in two thousand and one and nine eleven. It did bring everybody together, but I think that's gone now. It's completely disappeared because of the divisive mm. nature mm. of the previous administration mm. and also the unpopularity of uh, Obama, the first black mm. president. I mean, so ever since Obama was elected. There's been this sort of simmering tension mm. between the the right yeah. and the left, the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, the white and the black. I mean, it really is. It's uh, anyway. Let's not talk about that mm. too much. I don't know how I got onto that. Um, but uh, <laughs> D- David, the the market here we are into the second, mm-hmm. was it the third week of uh, September? Yeah. But anyway, we're moving towards the final quarter, and it's uh, it's going along quite nicely. A few little cracks here and there, uh. but otherwise, nothing really to worry about. It, it's it it looks uh, tired, sloppy. You know, there's not uh, mm. there's nothing driving it up. I think I think I think the U.S. markets today are very worried about um, Delta the Delta variant. Kids are going back to school, so that's the big discussion. People are very nervous about their health, yes. and I think it's 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 hurting. You know, it's uh, um, it's affecting people's 
attitudes, uh, their views to working. So I, I think we've got a the recovery has been delayed. I think it will recover. People are getting vaccinated, but I think it's been stretched out a bit. And there's no, there's no, there's no more stimulus. I think uh, that's probably been exhausted. I don't think there's anything more that that can be done in that area other than maintaining this accommodative stance. But you, you, you know, you don't get a feeling that there's uh, another big surge coming. You know, that there's something to push it up. So against that. Um, admittedly, the news is not too bad. Interest rates are going to remain low. Uh, inflation probably will come and go. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a very difficult market to, to take a definitive stand and, uh, you know, to say we've got to have some of this or you've got to do something. I just, it can be very, it's, it's, it's a troubled market. Yeah. Yes, it really is. I don't know if the it's just because it's September, October time, which is uh, traditionally uh, the, the two worst months mm. of the year. I mean, in recent history, anyway. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, result season is almost finished. What did we have today? We had mm. uh, trading updates from famous brands. Uh, from Robex and from Remgro, an updated trading statement. But otherwise, yeah. that's the end of it now, and it's going to be a quiet yeah. period for a few weeks. So we'll be at the mercy of the overseas markets, David. Mm, we will. We will. And, you know, also I'm looking for clues in some of the commodity markets. It was a bit of a commodity market today. It still is. Uh, prices bounced back. Oil price bounced back. The aluminium price is, what, at a 13-year high. Uh, iron ore still remains weak, but it, 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 our market ran up, the JC ran up, and then just kind of fizzled out. Uh, there's still a lot of troubles about China. Um, the last time I looked, both NASPERS and Process were once more under pressure, and that's, that's hurting. You know, it's, it's like getting a knock every day, you know, from, uh, um, from a bully. Yeah. And it's, it drags the market down. There's, there's some of the, you know, I looked at Robex's results. I just looked at the trading update. It's a positive update. They're seeing signs of life in this market. Um, they, you know, they're more tenders. They've got a nice order book. So things are happening there. You have to look where they came from first. But I mean, they're doing business. So uh, you know, a little bit of a rebound, but it's, Lindsay, it's not, it's not a sector enough to, create massive employment or drive the market you know so so there are little bits and pieces all over the place on our market that are worth looking at um is is, is robex almost they, like is mm. you know, obviously not the same type of company but is robex almost like an afrimat in other words you say well this has been under the radar for quite a while because mm. everyone's been talking about uh, tech and uh, commodities and you just suddenly have a look at the robex trading statement and say well Actually, maybe that's worth looking at. Like a couple of years ago, people would have said the same thing about Afrimat, and suddenly it, it mm, takes mm. off. Is that the sort of company that uh, people that are domestic, SA domestic centric, have a look at? Um, they, if you're if you're running a small portfolio fund, yes. Look, this is a a five billion company, so you can't get your teeth into it. You can't get mm. big chunks of it. But I mean, if you're if you're running a, a, a your own portfolio and you want to put a couple of hundred thousand in, yes, it is. You know, it looks good. Um, it ran up earlier um, in the year and came back quite a lot. But um, I I think things are happening. I think more and more money will be spent on infrastructure, on roads, uh, and so on. I think I think that you will see the spend. The 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 negative side is uh, is the high unemployment, 
um, lack of confidence in this market, lack of confidence in this country. I think the the aftermath of what happened in KwaZulu Natal, the riots there. So there's it, it, it's a counterplay. Um, you can find pockets of of good businesses. Um, and you can find some value propositions, but you're not going to make a lot of money from it. You know, you're not going to, it's not, it, it, it's, it's not going to change the, the earth's axis or certainly the JSC's axis. But this, you know, they talking points. So at the end, we, we rely on, I mean, if you want, if you're talking about the index, it's right at the top, Lindsay. It's ABN, Bev. Yes. British American Tobacco. It's the miners, anglers, bulletin, Glencore. It's uh, certainly process and nonsense and that. Richemont. So those are the ones, some of the banks, those are the ones that are going to decide, you know, whether our market goes up and down. And below that, the businesses are actually very small. But if you if you focus on them, you can make money. Yes, you can. I don't think there's much else to say, David. We've spoken about U.S. jobs. No. We've, uh, we haven't really spoken too much about inflation, although there was a very good article. I sent you an article today from, mm. from mm. Capital Economics, which but, was yeah. about, uh, which was a very, uh, mm. I thought, well-considered piece from Neil Shearing, yeah. who's the yeah. chief economist at Capital Economics. And he's also, I think he's doing a couple of webinars at the moment about the, the so-called resurgence in inflation. But people are starting to talk about the fact that the the bounce back from the low levels, the post-pandemic, as many people are calling it, bounce, and it's maybe now fizzling out a bit. Does that automatically translate from your point of view to a, a, a stalling in the stock market, not a collapse yes. in the stock market, yes. because there's so yes. many tech stocks yes. that don't really rely no. too much on GDP growth. They rely a lot on consumer no. uh, spending patterns. But do yeah. you think that if there is... No a stall in this bounce-back economy, yeah. uh, then markets might have a little bit of, a, as I say, a pause at best. I think, I think they're pausing at the moment. I think all the, a lot of strategists have pulled back on their forecast yeah. and are much more cautious about what lies ahead, just saying it's going to be stretched out. Yes, the recovery is taking place, but it's going to take longer and it's going to have more of a, 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 an impact. And, uh, you know, for that reason... Consumers are holding back, so the restaurants are taking longer to recover. The hospitality sector is taking longer to recover. Airlines and all of those areas. So um, it's 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 not something we wanted or considered, but uh, it's a reality. So I think that um, you know I think there's there's uh, it it it's you know it's an entirely difficult market to read. Um, each day I look today, you know, during the run-up to the opening of Wall Street of the U.S. markets, futures were strong and up a half a percent, you know, it looked like it was going to be a good day. As soon as the market opens within an hour, we've given it all back. You know, uh, whatever gains there were have gone and the uh, market's in, 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 in flatlining in, in negative territory. And there are no big stories. I think, you know, there's uh, – they'll come. They'll slowly things will will get better, but um, I don't think there's any need to rush into the market and you know take a uh, a very aggressive stand at this point. And you you just got to see it out. You know we've just got to talk it out. Yeah, we have. I was talking to somebody in the Netherlands, and um, this person works for a very well known hotel in Rotterdam. And uh, the, this this particular hotel is, is it owns all sorts of other uh, hospitality outlets, and she said to me, 
I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing fine, but I'm working uh, six and a half days a week. Why is that? I said, because the people that we laid off during the during the pandemic haven't come back. We can't get the people back. Okay, we yeah. haven't we haven't got people to come and do the things that mm. they would normally mm. do, i.e. be a mm. waiter or a waitress, whether it be part-time mm. or full-time, or do the cleaning of the rooms in the hotel and that sort of thing. Mm. So she is multitasking. And I just wonder if that's the case everywhere, maybe mm. in the United States of mm. America as well, because mm. anecdotally, I think it might be the case. It's a strange phenomenon. Yeah. The jobs are there, Lindsay, and... Uh, all those kind of jobs that you just mentioned are, are there, and yet people are not coming back. I think the hope is with schools going back, as they have in New York today, that you will find um, parents or uh, fathers and mothers going back to you know look for work and, and go back into the workforce. Uh, it's going to take time for that to, to work its way through, but uh, definitely. And, and um, yeah, people don't want their old jobs back, maybe. And, and the problem is that also... You've got to retrain after a year and a half. You've lost your skills. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, um, you're also going to get lower levels of efficiencies coming out of uh, businesses. But the hospitality sector, definitely. I think it's, uh, you br- you've brought up a very important point. So I saw that with the doctors in Boston. I mentioned that, that they're being absolutely inundated now. Um, as people come back for elective surgery and, you know, the hospitals actually have to turn people away. So, it, we, you know, the more you think of it, um, and you've been talking about, I think it's you or Wayne has been talking about supply chain problems, and it's, it's, it's an issue. You know, it's a, it's a massive issue. I was listening to a presentation this morning uh, from an uh, auto analyst, a chap who covers the whole auto industry in Europe, and he loves it. You know, he just says there's a wonderful future. But he says the production will be down between 8 million to 9.5 million cars because of the shortage of chips, you know, supply chain issues. Uh, it'll come back next year, he reckons, when the, the industry picks up. But but those are the kind of things that we, we're having to get through. Um, you know, you can't get what you want when you want it. Um, and, you know, you were talking off air just before we get in of, yeah. of how the costs have gone up. Those are real costs. Yeah. So I, I, I would like to just turn off my computer until the end of the year and say, okay, I've had enough. Just stay where we are now. We don't have to trade anymore. I'm quite happy with what we've done up to now. You know, don't, don't, don't let's look to wreck it. I don't want to kill it. But um, it's, it's pretty dull at the moment. Yeah, it is pretty dull. What isn't dull is what happened in New York after you left, and that was Emma Raducanu winning the U.S. Mm. Open. And I don't know about, about you, but, I mean, here we are looking at this, this, this young woman. She was a girl last year. Now she's a young woman. Mm. She did her A-level results. She's got, she got straight A's. And then she went and played Wimbledon, got to the quarterfinals, and, and then because of uh, breathing problems and I, whatever the reason was, uh, she had to re- withdraw from What's the quarterfinal. Yeah. And then she was uh, in – she's in October Vogue, by the way. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was before she got, to, obviously, to the final of the uh, US Open and won it. Um, but isn't that an inspirational story? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's just she's just a phenomenon. I mean, we normally talk about football, but I would love to talk about about this young woman. Ah, who, who just, marvelous. It, it, 
the most incredible mm. story. I mean, it, you all know the statistics, mm. but crikey, I feel a little bit, a, a bit like a worm actually, uh, having s- seen this strange. Yeah, go on. If if you look at her, uh, what do you call it? Her um, her DNA. What? Uh, not you know. She, I mean, her parents, her mom's Chinese, her dad is Romanian, Eastern Europe. Romania. He's Romanian. Yeah. I mean, and they were, the she was born in Canada. Would, yeah, and she was born yes. in Canada so, and came to England when what, she was two. So, so, you know, it's not the kind of uh, mixture that you think would produce a brilliant tennis player. You know, I mean, it's, if, if, if you understand, this is not a super race being produced. Here you are. Here's a simple girl who just dedicates herself, who's got everything that you need. I mean, and, and, and humble and nice and beautiful. Yes, you know, exactly. just, uh, yeah. All those but things. Both, of them, both the finalists, you know, were fantastic. It was such a pleasure to, you know, to see these two going at each other. It was wonderful. It really was. Mm. It, it, mm. It, it, it was incredible. Mm. And what was also incredible was that she, at the age of 18, I don't know what you were doing when you were 18, but I know what <laughs> I was doing, but I wouldn't be able to stand up there. And then she suddenly said, from nowhere, she suddenly started talking Mandarin, fluent Mandarin. And obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know whether she was just doing it because of her, 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 her mother's... Well, her mom. Because yeah. of her, her mother. But on the other hand, I think now that there will be a few Chinese sponsors uh, queuing up in order yeah, to, yeah. to sign her. Because yeah. I, uh, I've seen some, some stuff on uh, on various websites saying how much they yeah. appreciate her uh, embracing her ethnicity uh, or her yeah. mother's ethnicity. It's a, what an incredible story. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. I hope about. she lost. Uh, she no, will lose. I hope lost. she lost. I she mean, will lose. You know what I mean? I hope she doesn't fizzle out. She won't fizzle. There's been some good uh, role models that she's followed. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal won 1 0 against Norwich. Congratulations. Yeah, that was a, a pinball goal, but we'll take anything. You know, bounced off this one, knocked this one, boom, and then into the net, you know. So it wasn't a wonder shot, but. Uh, We'll take anything we can get at this. It was one nil against Norwich. Comes. Norwich are, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. are the worst team in the in the league by by oh, a mile. Man, and, you, and you beat oh, them one nil at home. One nil. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. Well, as as Dion Ho says, it was a double weekend because Spurs lost. <laughs> yeah, that was a strange game. Spurs looked rubbish against Crystal Palace. They were and, and they so good. Truly <laughs> awful. Well, they were down by they were down to ten men. And yeah. You can't play, you can't play this league with ten men. You still don't lose three mm-hmm. 0 to Crystal Palace when even if you've got nine. Well, that was to Vieira. That was to Vieira, you know. Mm. And I think the Arsenal fans were all singing, you know, Vieira, Vieira. You know, <laughs> took your team, yeah. Anyway, David, a, a quiet and, Monday. But, but also, mm. I, I, I think I think Lindsay, what uh, you know, you you you. Um, you have to look at Man United and you have to look at the return of Ronaldo. I mean, what a superstar. I, I, he's, mm. he's vain. You know, he loves himself, whatever it is, but he's a super sportsman and a role model once again for anybody who wants to play exactly. football because he's, he comes in there with a winning attitude. You can see it on his face. He doesn't like to lose. He's vain and, on and, the pitch, David. He's vain on the pitch, but yeah. I think behind the scenes, he, he's he's very articulate in his second language, yeah. which is which is English, and he he he's actually, I think he's very intelligent. I hate him mm. on the pitch. 
I really do yeah. because because of all that business of taking his shirt mm. off and showing his uh, mm. uh, ripple, rippled body and everything. I don't like <laughs> that. But I think off the pitch, he might be quite a nice chap to sit mm. down and have I a, think it's a cup of tea with. Pretty boring because you're not going to have a beer with him or a, or a whiskey or anything. You're probably going to have a. a a water or something and uh, lean meat or something. Lean meat, if you are having a sandwich, I don't know. <laughs> no, nor do I. But anyway, well done to him. I mean, he scored a, a tap in and then he a really good goal. The girls. No, he's fine. Hello. Well, he's married, David. <laughs> okay, David Shapiro. Okay. Let's not go off at tangents. David Shapiro is from Assessment Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.